Super Talk Mississippi media production. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We've got Chavis Sweatman here, the president and CEO of People's Bank. And in the second segment uh, coming up here after this one, uh, we have Mayor Tommy Schaefer from the great city of Diamond Head. Looking forward to that conversation. When we went to break, though, we were talking about the story from the Washington Post talking about America's beaches becoming sort of the battleground for coronavirus. I think partly because when you when people look down onto the beaches, they can see people and they see maybe family units together and their read on that is people aren't practicing social distancing. As you drove down the beach this weekend, what did you observe, uh, Chavis? Well, I drove down the beach, but I saw it I saw it all day long from the, my front porch. Uh, there was plenty of cars parked on the beach. Uh, most people, I'd say 90% of the people were trying to practice the social distancing. The ones that didn't looked like they were family units, a mother, a father, a child, maybe a grandparent. They were out there enjoying themselves. And uh, I think that that's going to be a good starting place for recovery down here. I think that we got 26 miles of beach. You can have plenty of people on there. And I think that most people are are obeying the rules, so to speak. (laughs) Milton Segarra was said early on, I talked to him really, really early in this process, and he was already, through the various tourism organizations, coming to the reality that with 80% of the visitors to South Mississippi driving here, only 20% flying here, that that was going to create a real opportunity for us to drive in market. And so the point he was making is that with Linda Hornsby's work in the Hotel Motel Association, uh, focusing on making sure we have clean, safe rooms and then the beach being a clean, safe place. And then all the other efforts is going to be happening here to create not only the impression, but the reality that people can come here and, and it might be different, but it's going to be safe. And that's going to really spur the visitor who drives here to want to come here. So it's going to be it's it's good to see that there was so much alignment around this early in the process. And now that the beach is back opened again, you know, you you know, one of the things somebody took a picture that from down on the beach looking down the beach. And if you zoom in a little bit, it makes it look like everybody's, you know, shoulder to shoulder. But when you from your from your doorstep of your house, it, you can see that people are properly spaced out in family units, and hopefully everyone will continue to do that. It's going to be a real asset for us. Chavis, I want to play something for you. I had uh, Dr. Nicholas Conger, who's an internist who specializes in infectious diseases, on the show. And we talked a little bit about the Sweden model. I want you to hear this, and then we'll talk about it on the other side. Go ahead, Kyle. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a big yeah. fan of what Sweden had done. If, if yeah. I had crafted a plan, I, I kind of would have tried the Sweden model. And I'm glad Sweden tried it, so we have something to compare. And if you look, their rates of death are slightly higher than other European countries, actually lower than some of the European countries, slightly higher than ours, if you look at deaths per million. Um, but if you look at number of people infected, they, they're getting this cadre of young people infected so that I, Sweden will not, I don't believe, have a second wave uh, because they're all going to catch it during the first wave. When I say they're all going to catch it, They've done an excellent job of keeping the older and the vulnerable people separated. And that, that's what we have to do as part of our yes. plan. Yes. But they're not even wearing masks. Yes. I think if we come out of this with a Sweden-type uh, situation where we keep the, the older people still under isolation, and we keep the, 
the uh, the people with multiple health problems, the vulnerable people isolated, let everyone else out. But with the addition of wearing masks and then with that social distancing indoors, I think that's which is even stricter than Sweden. I think we have a really good chance of doing a good job with this. I really do. So, Travis, I, I think Dr. Conger makes a really good point. I think I think what's happening here is what I would say is as a as a Sweden model on steroids. That's that's kind of what's happening. I think with the governor and what the president is wanting us to do: protect the vulnerable, protect the older. Obviously, really work hard to these long long term care facilities. It's amazing to me that anyone could die in a long term care facility. Over twelve thousand people have died in in those facilities. I can't, you know, I can't get my head around how we would not have had battle plans in place to deal with that. But hopefully, they're doing that now. And then let let the economy start to come back. If you if you take the Sweden model and add uh, social distancing and face masks to that, we got a chance to do this. If you look much into this, and what's your thoughts about it? Well, I've got a workforce that's eighty percent women. And when we they don't have daycare facilities available to them, schools available to them, uh, that makes operations very, very difficult. And what I really haven't seen any clear delineation is you don't hear about that many deaths from the young children, the uh, what? Yeah, six to maybe 16 years old. And I would like to see something more clearly defined in that area, because if you're not having these deaths and these young, why not start opening the schools on a gradual basis so that, you know, they can get some nutrition, they can uh, go back to school, they don't have to worry about being uh, developmentally uh, delayed and stuff like that. So I don't know, I don't know, I have not seen the numbers on it. But I'm pretty much in agreement that maybe having people back in schools and, you know, you know, your universities, your uh, elementary schools, your high schools on on some type of plan. But let's do a little science behind it. And that would be a good place to start opening back up. What what uh, Dr. Conger talked about is herd mentality when people get it and then develop a resistance to it from that point forward. That uh, you know, obviously, younger people who do not have pre-existing industry uh, and uh, uh, conditions um, are are. Or it could be even asymptomatic, but if we could get the population to 60% having got it, it's a lot easier to suppress the disease under those circumstances. So it's going to be a lot of conversation about this as we go forward, and I'm I'm really I'm really hoping that that we can find what the happy median is because the reality is, until we get a vaccine, we're in a situation where we've got to learn to live with it. So what do you think about the, the ongoing economic damage and recovery? When you think about this, what, what do you think about? It? Well, I'm, I'm in the school that the cure is actually worse than the disease. Uh, you know, you, you can compare this virus to the flu. And it's, you know, it's, it's already surpassed the flu. But the real issue here is, what about the people that have lost the jobs? And I'll, I'll speak a little bit about the casino industry. That's about 28,000 employees by the time you talk about the casino workers, the hotel workers, the restaurant workers, their staff, their guests that come in. Well, these people haven't had a check in maybe about a month. How, long, how much longer can they go without a check? 
you know, if they're renting an apartment, they've got to pay for the apartment. If uh, they're buying a house, they got to make a house payment. So hopefully we can get this thing moving forward in some plan that, yes, we can uh, make this thing move forward. Yes, we can grow it. And I think there's an opportunity, right, you know, Every time you look and see a roadblock, I think you need to look at that roadblock and say, hey, this might be an opportunity. Maybe if we can open up properly with the right things, that people will probably might want to come visit us rather than go to New Orleans. Right now, I don't know of anybody that's going to say, wow, I want to take my vacation in New Orleans right now. But I think if we play our cards right, we can be a welcome area for people to come back take a day or two off. It's just like after a hurricane, you work like a dog for six to eight weeks, then you're ready for time to relax. And if we manage this thing properly, they'll want to come back. One of the, I've had uh, good conversations recently on this show with Larry Gregory from the Casino Operators Association. And then we had, I had Michael Sunderman in the last day or so. And, you know, there is a tremendous amount of brain power around the world in the casino industry, because if you think about it, every brick and mortar casino organization in the world right now is dealing with how do you reopen in a safe way where las vegas has already said that they're not planning to reopen anytime soon because anywhere where the primary traveling uh, um the, the, way, the way people get there is through air and then the amount of congregate uh, you know uh, congestion that is there there's not gonna you're not gonna see las vegas open up it real quickly but that another in other words that creates a great opportunity for us here in coastal mississippi if we can find a way to do it in a safe way it's going to be different but if, if we can do it in a safe way, we might be able to really get supercharge our recovery maybe a little bit faster than some of the other communities are. That's the way you're looking at it as well, huh? Absolutely. So, I, you know, I think, you know, I, we won't know until we start. And I think the reality is, you know, we got to get started somewhere. I think the governor's slowly but surely turning the, turning the knob back up, and we'll work together to figure that out. We're coming to the end of our time to get today, uh, Chavis, but I'll come back to you in a couple of weeks, and we'll touch base with you and see how things are going. I appreciate the, the leadership role that P- People's Bank has played in helping uh, keep small businesses open. The, the, the uh, payment delay program that you put in place early on, I'm sure your customers have really appreciated that. And thank you for your leadership in the community. Well, thank you, Ricky. Always glad to be here. Okay, buddy. Take care. This has been Chavis Swepman, President and CEO of People's Bank. And uh, we'll be back in just a second. live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.